0: Well hello everybody and welcome back to the Hellcare podcast covering everything that is Ages of Shield, Agent Carter, and the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm one of your hosts, Andy B and with me as always are my co-hosts, Nikki Amy and Dan Schmidt.
1: Hello. Okay
0: guys, I'm back. I'm safe and sound. Andy didn't throw me out of a window, so okay. I, I luckily I did not, but we do have a very special guest. And for anyone who's been with the Hell Carrier podcast since last season, you know who this guy is. He was here for several episodes uh, as we talked about season one of Ether Shield. He was also here for um, the, the first Lady Sif episode, episode fifteen, and uh, he's back. He is a writer of awesome comics, and he is Mr. Seek Donnelly. So Seek, welcome back to the Hell Carrier.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, everyone. No Good to be back.
0: Well, thank you for coming on. We, you know, I'm so glad you were able to, uh, I know you have a, a tight schedule, so I, I was happy you were able to make this because I know you're a big Lady Sif fan. So I'm like, well, you know, you can't have a Lady Sif episode without having a Lady Sif Helicare episode without Zeke. So
2: Well, that makes that makes me, anything to associate me with Lady Sif is super cool. Thank you.
0: Yeah, well, you have, you, you know, you've met her, so that's, you know... And I I totally understand the, the love for her. She's a great character, she's a great actress. So, you know, the more we can get of her in the films or the TV shows, the better. So, um... But for, before, you know, there's no news this week. So, I, um... Uh, I just wanted to ask you, Steve just a little bit briefly. You know, since no, there, there's no news, I wanted to ask you briefly... Have you been enjoying Season 2 of S.H.I.E.L.D. so far?
2: I, I really have. Uh, season 2 from Episode 1 just kicked off in a a completely uh, different energy than they had the first season. They definitely know who they are as a show. They know what they want from their characters. They know what direction they're going in. And it's not that they didn't the first time, but it did, in my personal opinion, it took them a little while to get there. But I think that's what most season one shows are like. I mean, even one of my favorite shows, uh, like Supernatural's first season, is definitely that season where you try to find your voice. So season two, right out of the gate, awesome. I loved every episode so far. Definitely improved in a lot of ways, and I love the character stuff they're doing. And I even love the the Agent Carter uh, series they did in between on their break. So so far, Marvel just keep doing what you're doing. I I love I love Agents of Shield this season.
0: Well, that makes me very happy to hear. And and you know I know you because you and I we talked about this a lot. You know, both off and on air about the possibility of having Inhumans inducing S.H.I.E.L.D., and, you know, we kept speculating. well, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Or so, and it did happen. And uh, have they been paying it justice so far? Uh, yeah, I, once, I think a couple episodes in,
2: when they started really um, starting to head in that direction and there was all that speculation coming in, I got really excited. Like, uh, I have a Black Bolt tattoo on my arm. Uh, I am a huge Inhumans fan. I, I have their first appearances in Fantastic Four, um, uh, Medusa's first appearance, Karnak's. You know, they're all in separate issues leading up to the, the big first uh, appearance they have. So I, I love those characters. I have for many years, and to see them even introduced, even if we're getting new characters like Reader and stuff. You know, I, I it still is awesome to me. And the, the origin, which I know we'll talk about in this later on in this episode, that they give for the Inhumans is pretty accurate to the comics. Uh, and it's funny because it's it's such a great origin, but it's one of those that I could have sworn they were gonna like update or try to find a different way to tell it. but they actually didn't. They kept it pretty much to the basics and I love that. so so this show has me locked in like no matter what anything in humans, I'm all
0: over it. Well, it's uh, it's all about the dawn of Inhumans or age, hashtag age of Inhumans. So I'm very happy to hear that you're so thrilled about it because you know all you know we've been enjoying it a lot too. And uh, yeah, I'm um, I'm stoked to see where else are gonna go with this because you know the, they're kind of getting to set up the movie now that it's coming out in a few years. And uh, they're, uh, they're setting up Phase Three with this. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I I re- yeah. I, I remember tweeting out after the finale aired, and I said that last night, Aether of Shield officially. Backdoor opened the face-free saga with uh, the introduction of the Inhumans and so on. And you know, Ground Zero was Sky getting her powers. Yeah, basically what it was. Agree, but so and Sky had a big argument in this episode. So how about we get to this week's episode of Shield, uh, which was called "Who You Really Are." So let's you know let's start with you know the one of the highlights of this episode, which is of course. Lady Sif. So, Sieg, what did you think about her return to this episode, uh, to this show? Did you like this episode better than than the first one she did, or did you think um, it was wasn't as strong? Well,
2: I know I liked uh, anything with Sif and Jamie Alexander is already like a ten in my book. So, uh, so the only thing I would say in this one that's different from the last time is when she starts this episode, obviously she has amnesia. She doesn't know exactly who she is, and and uh, and she has to kind of be. Uh, you know, uh, slowly get her memory back, and, and you know, and work with the team and learn how to work with them again, uh, as opposed to treating them like friends. So it was, uh, it was really interesting to see that dynamic of her uh, opposed to the first time. Because the first time she knows who she is, she's Lady Sif, she's dressed in the armor, she's kicking everyone's butt, and it's awesome. This time around, she's a little bit unsure of herself, she's trying to find her place, and I like that. I like seeing that kind of told with that character, because um, it's always good, you know, when you have a really strong character, you want to show them. Vulnerable at least once, and uh, and Sif, uh, this was a cool a cool story to tell with Sif and bringing in the Kree and and uh, you know and uh, and and the setting up the Inhuman stuff, but also giving her a mission. You know, I, I at first my my nerd brain went crazy and I was like, oh my god, because as we all know from the end of the the second Thor movie, uh, you know Loki is disguised as Odin as yeah. as king. Hopefully, I'm not spoiling yeah. spoiling that for anyone. Um, <laughs> it's but, only two years old. Uh, but they, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> catch up already. <laughs> Um. So, uh, so I was worried that he mind wiped her and sent her to Earth. Uh, she but it was it was cool as as to well. see that, that. Yeah, but I, I'm glad to see that wasn't the case, and that it, it involved a, a Kree weapon and stuff. So, no, I, I, I don't know if I have a, a a more of a preference. I like seeing Lady Sith as herself kicking butt, but I also like seeing them taking her on an interesting arc like
0: discovery. Interesting. Um, Nikki, what did you think?
1: Um, I agree with Seek. Um, I I think that you. Uh, a character becomes more relatable to an audience when they show a vulnerable side. And I think I felt more, I felt more for her, in this episode than I did in the previous episode with her in season one and in the films, because in the film she's so badass and she's just kicking butt and she's so strong and she's so tough and her one weakness, of course, is her love for Thor. And I think a lot of us could relate to that, but I think showing her in such a vulnerable place in this episode really made me relate to her more and gave me a new appreciation for the character because you saw her not, as just a strong woman but you saw her as a, the complete package she wasn't just one thing she is she is complete um and i love that about that the episode um i thought jamie alexander did a great job um as always i think she's fantastic um i love the son of cole coming back you know <laughs> cole's referring to himself as son of cole Um, That just every time it happened, it gave me the squeeze. Um, But, but yeah, you know, I think she showed more dimension to the character. And I like that she's kind of this enforcer now. I mean, what is Loki doing up there that she's sending her after Kree now? You know, it's like. Is he trying to keep, now it's like, is he trying to keep her out of Asgard? Is he trying to keep her busy so she doesn't notice that maybe something's a little off about Odin, like the way he sits on a throne is exactly the way Loki sits on a a chair. Um, But um, it, it made me want to go back to Asgard as well. Yes. So it was like I yeah. want. can she take me back and then when she called for Heimdall I was like oh Heimdall you know oh it's <laughs> oh it's a Bifrost oh my god so it, you know it was it was a combination of all these things that you know gave me good happy memories of the Thor films and of the Avengers and uh and of Loki and made me really respect the character of Sif even more.
3: Well, the big thing with Sif for me in this episode was I just wasn't sure whose side she was on, or not really whose side she was on, but if what she was doing was actually for a good purpose, because she has mm-hmm. Loki giving her orders. Who right. she thinks is the king. So it's like with this Kree thing, you know, stopping the Kree and doing something about the humans, is this something that Asgard should do? Because it's a right and moral thing? Or is this Loki trying to... Manipulate things to his advantage. Because you know, if right. he knows about this stuff, he's going to try to use it for his advantage. Because I would think he would want revenge <laughs> for what went down in
0: The Avengers. Yeah, that makes me wonder what's going on, too, because it's. And I was expecting somewhat of an update, because, you know, at least towards right, the exactly. end of the episode, because it's like, well, you know, it's been two years now. Like, they, they must have started to notice something. I know that in the film universe, time might move, move slower than it does in real life, but I expected that the writers to at least give us some kind of nod of, well, you know, well, you know, Odin, he's been acting a little bit odd lately and whatnot, because it seems a little bit random that he keeps sending her to Earth, or that she's just, you know, doing her own thing, and. Odin seems to, you know, like what is lo, like what is Loki's goal at this point? Like is he just like, you know, I just want to be an old man at this point.
1: Right, that's right. why I said well, it's like, why is he, is he trying to keep her out of Asgard for some reason, or is she I, like working with the palace guard, not under, you know, not getting directions from Odin, but if, is this the head of the guard that is, you I, know, the like the secret service of Asgard trying to protect Odin? Or did she do this on her own because of something Heimdall had seen and said, we need someone to go to Midgard. Um, So it, it leaves, it's a lot of questions, but there's a reason that it's Sif that has joined us twice. Um, Is this setting up for something or is this to show, to keep the fact that these things are all connected, connected, you know?
2: I have a, I have a no prize theory. Um, I think I think Loki is not acting weird. I think he's trying to do his best to act like Odin, uh, because yeah. if he, if he does anything out of the ordinary, Heimdall will notice that he's not Odin. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, you know, he, uh, mm-hmm. oh, uh, Heimdall has mentioned in previous movies that he can see through Loki's magic. So I think the more he acts like Odin and the more he goes by the book, the less attention comes his way. Uh, I think this is a diplomatic matter that Odin would have handled in the same way. He would have sent either Sif or one of the Warriors Three. Uh, so he just chooses Sif. I think there's another connection, though. The one person, if you notice, that the connecting thread in both of them is Coulson. Keeps coming down and helping Coulson's team, which leads me to believe that Loki knows that Coulson's alive, mm-hmm.
1: uh, and is is almost
2: almost keeping tabs on him as well you know it's because no one else as according so far we have not seen that cap knows that Lo- that uh colson's still alive no we one seems you know. right? yeah so not but even I'm, natasha I'm, yeah but i'm assuming loki does uh and so well, that, that could sif, be another thread
1: right if sif would after sif you know in the first season when sif came down for lorelei you know she had she was sent by odin and I think you're right. right. I think Odin. I think Loki has to act as Odin as he possibly can to avoid detection uh, and sure. unmasking. Um, and he probably keeps doll at arm's length. Um, yeah. So there, there's. Since she was reporting to Odin on the Lorelei situation, he definitely knows that Colson's alive, that the son of Cole still breathes. So either he's really pissed yeah. or. And he's very confused as to how that happened. Um, or he's just, I don't think he wants to finish the job because he, killing Colson yeah. was was probably, you know, he didn't care. But, you know, it did kind of spark his downfall.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah.
1: So I don't think he wants to finish the job. I just think he's keeping tabs and seeing like, yeah. What's gonna happen? Or he's just amused. Loki would probably be amused by the fact that Coulson is back from the dead. And it's like, oh, yeah. surprised he's not playing with him even more. But then again, that would, you know, be kind of evident to Heimdall if he's playing sure. If he's sending pranksters yeah. down to, to Midgard to mess with Coulson. So, I think he's, I think Loki's probably a little amused by it and a little kind of perturbed. Like, damn it, didn't I kill that guy already? <laughs> what do I have to do to kill these Midgardians? They just but, keep coming I back. Have, I dead.
0: have a theory. What if he's waiting for Coulson to be like, you know, for Colson to lead him to the way? Because maybe he, you know, you, I would not be surprised if Loki was actually going to try at some point, trying to uh, access the Inhumans himself, and maybe he's just letting Coulson do his dirty job for him. That's true.
2: True. That's true. L- Loki could want to be king of uh, Attilan.
0: Yeah, he uh, uh, wants to be king primary. of
1: every. Look, he, he does to want
2: to be <laughs> He wants uh, to rule the realm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But, but, but were, uh, sorry, I just wanted to say this quickly. I, I
0: Over overall, I was very happy with Lady Siv. One thing that keeps you know bugging me all the time, every time I see more of her, is just that <sighs> I wish we could just have more of her somewhere because it's like they're never gonna give her that type of focus in the movies. Like it got even worse in the second one where she was. I think she had. I think you and I talked about that seek, you know, I think in some off conversation that she was in even less than we predicted. And I'm like, well, can't we just put her on I know that from a practical, you know, from a creative reason, I-, I understand why they can't put her on Azer Shield. But I'm like you know, people are wanting more of these some of these female characters and it's just but you can use them so much better than just well in a little, a little role in this film or just one or two episodes one episode is per season for Shield. I like. I should. She needs to think become the love interest for Thor.
3: Like did in even, the comics. I,
0: uh, I don't care about that uh, too much. Yeah, I. She was yeah, to be,
3: to be thinking girl. Natalie Portman out of there, search so be Alexander. Because well, you know, right,
1: Natalie, Natalie, like. Natalie is not a fan of you know Marvel. Uh, right. She was very. She almost didn't come back, but she's contractually obligated. So at some point, <clears throat> she might you know, be gone. Jane Foster might be gone. And it would follow the comics uh, to have him with Lady Sif. But it's also, like, kind of against his character. Kind of like, Thor is kind of a one-woman kind of guy. He seems to right, be, yeah. like, he's not right, even well, tempted.
3: I, he wouldn't break up with her, I think. Be she would, she would have to today.
1: die. She would have to have died. Well, Jane would it, have what to, like,
3: do for the for that to to work out. There was something happened with Odin in the kingdom and, I can't remember in the comics. Could probably do well, at first he he
1: wiped his memory and he thought he was a doctor named Donald Blake. Right. I um, but you know there was a lot of things that happened. I mean, they were married. They had a kid. Then he went back to to Asgard. And he married Sif, and they had a kid. And then he got back together with Jane. It was like, it was like ping pong. He was with Elora. The, the you know, he was with you know the Enchantress. And it, I mean, yeah, all, in all the yeah. comics, all these male. Avengers were the biggest man whores.
2: Oh. Because <laughs> well, men wrote wrote them.
1: <laughs> and nobody more so than Tony Stark. Um, right. But they all I don't had more. You can get away the with the Chris,
3: the Chris Hemsworth Thor like that,
1: though. No. <laughs> no. No, this Thor is much more <laughs> grounded and he's much more. He's just totally devoted to Jane. Um, yeah. And I don't think it goes with the character that he has created of Thor. He maintains how much, you know, the kind of person Thor is and he's, you know, stalwart and true and, and, you know, big and bulky and gorgeous. Um, (laughs) But his character, like his, like who he, who Thor is at his core is very much how Hemsworth plays him. Yeah. Um, But in comics, you can do the thing where you jump into bed with different people every, every 20 issues you can't really do that right. in the film so i think that's why the cinematic universe has kind of paired them each up with someone from the comics that they were either involved with in the comics like thor and jane or who like like with pepper and tony you know yeah pepper was with happy but there was she did have a crush on tony for quite a while as his assistant um natasha and Clint they weren't together in some of the storylines he just had a really big crush on her and he ends up marrying mockingbird um, so i think that they're you, you can't realistically make these guys you know jump from bed to bed you have to give them one if you're going to give them a love interest you have to stick with one
0: right i don't necessarily believe in that i think that you can at least move to a second type of love interest but but that's you know you know, just, so that we, just so that we don't lose any time for the, for the discussion, uh, I feel yeah. like, you know it was the thing I remember now with Sif was that when 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 men mentioned for to to Sif, I'm sorry, J- Jamie Alexander geeking out in a scene in character was just so adorable. He's like, have... I don't know what this feeling is, but I
1: smile. <laughs> 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 I, I yeah, I know it was like fan, she was fangirling almost as much as May was
0: oh hi oh Lady Sip, she's awesome and they but, may but, have
3: that reaction to Chris Hemsworth I think a lot of women have that reaction to him I, oh
0: yeah I would be intimidated as someone who also likes guys I think I would just be generally intimidated intimidated by Chris Hemsworth, who's, by the way, on Twitter now, at Chris Hemsworth. So, ladies, and some guys as well, go follow. But I would be like, oh, damn, you're, you're too tall for me. I can't work with this. And uh, <laughs> But but going back to this episode, Sif was here for a mission, and, uh, and she runs into a Kree named Wintak, which, as far as I know, does not exist in the comic books, unless Zeke, maybe you've heard of, the, of this name somewhere before.
2: You know, I... I... I um, Not to peek behind the curtain to everyone who's listening, but I just caught up on the episode right before we recorded, so I haven't had time to process that. I, I don't think he is. Off the top of my head, I can't think of Vintok being in any of the books, but that but please don't hold me uh don't hold my word to it he, he he might be a throwaway character or someone like in the next day or two might show like oh look he was in one issue of this so i don't but off the top of my head he doesn't uh doesn't ring a bell well I, all i was saying was just i liked his arc i liked that he wasn't Essentially, the villain of the story, he was just kind of the, the obstacle that they had to yeah. overcome, and and he yeah. was here for a mission, mm-hmm. and uh, And I like the the reveals he spilled. I mean, he really told a lot about the the origin of the Inhumans and kind of the race of the Kree. Um, you know, I, I still haven't figured out the nitrogen thing, but I also like that, oh, you know what, it doesn't matter, he's alien, so if he needs a nitrogen, just <laughs> look here. Like, whatever, it's fine. Uh, but uh, but I still, overall, I actually like the character, and I hope we get to see him again.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. I think we needed that lesson, that history lesson of the because who else is going to tell it? We have no one right. on, on, on Earth who can tell that story and to explain that. And I thought he was the perfect vehicle for that, as well as being, you know— an interesting character who you wanted, you know, it's was like, Oh, cause at first I thought when he started turning blue, I was like, oh, frost giant. Um, and I was like, and then I had, you know, and then when they said Korea, I was like, Oh, I learned something today. Not all blue people are from Jotunheim. Um, or
0: <laughs> well, giant smurfs.
1: Or, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that's really cool that he's a Cree. And then once they revealed he was Korea, I was like, cause we've seen the, the frost giants, like with Loki, we've seen him go from, the human skin to the frost giant skin. And that's kind yeah. of, that fade out was what, rem, what made me think that Vintak was, uh, a it was, frost giant. It was the same effect. And, and it's natural. Then it was like, Oh, that's why Sif is there because we know she has battled the frost giants. And we know I did. You, we don't usually associate the with Asgard. Um, so that's why I just went with the But I thought that, his lesson, the way he told the story, was just beautifully done, and I was like, okay, we got now we know now everybody knows how the Inhumans came to be, and my biggest fear out of that episode was when they opened up that that uh, chest, and there were no obelisks in uh, it. Yeah, I you was know. like there's more than one and now they're all somewhere
0: well we know there one of some- them as is with uh, with Gordon or the reader if that's who he really is right
1: we know there's one with him we know one has already been destroyed by you know because of the Terrigen crystals from when Sky <clears throat> and Reina changed and I'm not mentioning the other things it'll make me cry Um <laughs> So that was like holy that just opened up more and more and that just the possibilities of what can happen with those missing obelisks. how long have they been missing were were the la- you know were three of them from the original time of the inhumans on earth or were you know are they these were the ones they were hiding and somebody found all of them, and one went to this person, one went to this person. What does Hydra have, still have? You know, does, do. Are they hiding some somewhere else? It was like, oh my gosh, I have so many questions, and it was like, where, how, when are we going to find out the answers? So, I thought it was a great addition to the Inhuman story. The thing That's that
0: made me a little concerned about, uh, you know, because I'm I'm trying to go, think back how many were missing. I'm like because i kind of want some one of the you know the humans film to to actually have one of the terrigen crystals um or the diviners it, see are they called the diviners in the comics they're called
1: diviners yeah.
0: Uh,
2: yeah uh well yeah but no well in the comics they it's just a bunch of crystals terrigen crystals
1: right. and the right, crystals what's
2: inside. right and the the crystals release a gas that they their their younglings like breathe in and it transforms their younglings into—it's like a, a passage into adulthood, basically.
0: Activate, um, activating, basically, right? Exactly. Yes. Because, they, because in, on the inside, they've could always the been. inhumans. activate? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but on the inside, they've always been pr- inhumans. But it's just like the mist activates. Because some, pe- you know, I I kept from that like this episode was trying to say that they that anyone could be like they, like they you know they became these weapons. Like no, they've been built like they've been they have been these weapons for for such a long time it's just that something needed to activate them um but yeah. absolutely but do you guys well, that think
3: that's confusing to me because like so does that mean that these obelisks are going to create the inhuman characters we know from the comic books or are they already out there that's where i was a little like well, murky about that my what?
2: uh I mean, my understanding, and this was, hopefully they save all this for the Inhumans movie, but the Inhumans, they started on Earth, right. uh, and they had different locations. Like, Attilan was, like, every generation, they retold the story uh, in the comics. They were either, like, in the Himalayas, or, you know, they were, like, di- like, in, like outside Machu Picchu or something. Like, they had different locations for their city, but once the same story, it always ends the same way. Once humans find and step foot on Attilan, then uh, Black Bolt and the, and the Inhumans levitate Attilan to the moon. Um, so for all we know, this is, this could be the road to that, or they could already be on the moon. Um, but either way, what I, you talked earlier about what this sets up and how this sets up phase three with bringing in a Kree and bringing in Vintok, like that also sets up the Captain Marvel story, uh, in a lot of ways. So, so yeah, this, this, this episode, and then you having Sith. You know, referencing Asgard, that also plays into obviously Thor three Ragnarok. So you're right. Like this episode and this this season is very much a catalyst for the next phase after Age of Ultron.
0: I was looking. I was uh, going back to a recap, and it says that six crystals were missing. So we know that okay, one of them has been activated and destroyed. The other one is with Gordon. So four more are out there. And one thing I noticed with WinTag was that he said that. That they, you know, Creed had been doing experiments on different planets and whatnot. Earth was one of the places that did succeed, but Mm -hmm. does that mean that the, you know, but 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 they basically gave us a little hint that the, the, uh, what's it called, um, the royal family is, you know, they were, you know, they were successful and that they are somewhere out there. Sure. Yeah, I would assume they are. I would assume they are. I think they should have one of. They must have. They must have one of those crystals. Well,
2: yeah. Well, he also said, like uh, he said about the crystals of the diviners. He said uh, there's enough to create an army. And I was talking to someone, uh, or I was talking to my friend Gene right before the show, and he was telling me that, uh, well, how can only four create an army? Like if there's only four crystal, uh, diviners left. And I said, well, look at that room that uh, that Reina and and Sky were in. You could have fit another 30, 40 people in that room. Um, and they could all breathe the mists if they were all, you know, capable of turning an in inhuman. So technically, four, you you could probably create two or three hundred inhumans off that.
0: Yeah, and but but they kind of also said that they keeps mentioning that. Well, we flooded that city. Like like, well, Colson, how do you know that that's the only place on Earth where inhumans can be activated? I there must be other space places in uh, on Earth, right? Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I mm-hmm. think that kind of set it up. Uh, that Colson saying that he—I think he wants to believe that, but now I think he's doubting it a little. But he has to kind of keep saying it. it's like, "Well, we flooded it; it can't happen again." It was like, but yeah. the possibility is now out there, and I think that's going to bother him for a while. I think it's like, did we oh, yeah. really stop this from happening? And I think it's the, his way of trying to protect Sky as well. As tries, we can, this isn't going to happen again. It can't happen again. And so he's kind of like in a little bit of denial, but you can see on his face when he says it that there's other things going on in his head. It's Damn, not the only I, I thing
0: I want that interview to come like next year or something at this point.
2: <laughs> it's yeah, fun, me too. It's
0: funny that we have to wait. So, like It's like, like Kevin Feige must have known. No, go on. What?
2: I was just going to say, I think it's four years away. Like 2019,
0: it got pushed back to. Yeah, because um, of that web crawler. Which, you know, I'm I'm happy well, about that. But, you know. I
3: kind of feel like that the Inhumans movie may be like the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale for Sky's story arc.
0: Well, if that show lasts that long.
3: Right, but I feel like that even if it does get before that, I feel like that's the Inhumans movie could somewhat kind of wrap things up for her. I feel like Chloe but is going to be in that movie. I, mean, I think they're growing that would be her to be a big part of this universe.
0: Well, she's Quake now, so I she should be. Like I wanted to be. Look, I want her to be in uh, Civil War and Infinity War. She may show up in those movies. It's very, very possible.
2: Yeah. See, I you? would imagine. No I problem. would imagine Infinity War is. And we were talking earlier about Lady Sif and like what we would like to see. I would actually like to see a Netflix show about Lady Sif um especially oh, with all the netflix sweet. shows that they're doing like i would i would uh, whatever like I, i'll I'll buy five netflix accounts if i can make that happen um why do you need but five? they uh I, i'm why just saying i'll buy you guys one.
3: that would be awesome
2: <laughs> yeah or a mini or like an agent carter thing you know like whatever it is like i i will watch it but uh um, but, yeah, I, I think that setting up Infinity War, I, I think the reason that's a two part movie is probably because the Avengers, maybe we know, or the Avengers that start in that movie, are not going to be the people that actually save the world at the end. Because I think Infinity War is the place where they could bring in all the TV characters, they could bring in the Netflix characters and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters, and like you said, give them kind of all their due. And then you could save Chloe for, you know, like, because I think now Inhumans is coming out after Infinity War. Yeah. So, uh,. Yeah. And so you could technically go and wrap her story up in that, and, and Inhumans can kind of be an epilogue, as it were, to the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, unless, which I'm assuming they will, but unless they plan more after Inhumans.
0: Yeah, I... I, I, I would say that one of the things that the show is doing a such a great job with right now is the fact that, you know, the more Inhumans mythology they're talking about, people are people are excited about it. They care about these yeah. things, and I think that... It, that, I think that the, the, regardless of what the ratings are, if you can get a fan base, especially a wider audience that has never picked up an Inhumans comic book, then you you know you've done something really good. And I think that they should, at some point, maybe consider well, maybe we can get the humans movie to happen a little bit earlier. Like you know, four Marvel movies per year. I you know what? If it's if it it can be if they can do just one time release four movies for one year, I will be fine with it. And I think that should include Inhumans because I don't know I. I want I want to see more, and I want to see what whether or not whether or not Ben uh, Diesel will actually play Blackwell because that mystery is getting on my nerves. I'm like, well, is he or is he not? Great, and, and this show I think hit
3: the good Human story arc right at the right time. You know, I think in this first half of the season, it was so Hydra Shield focused, and I think that that needed to be so. Shield could become its own show. But now that they've done that, they're bringing back reminding us that, yes, there's a bigger Marvel Universe out there than just this conflict of finding out who Sky is and what's going on between Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think this episode was really the beginning of that and a good way to do it because they did it through a character that fans really like
0: with Lady Sif. Yeah. Well said. Um well let's talk about Sky for a second. Um that girl is not having the easy right now, issue seek. <laughs> no
2: poor poor girl. First of all, she has to live with being a Brian Michael Bendis character. Um okay, oh, wait I, I, I,
1: I wait, wait, I, I like love her. <laughs> I love
2: Take that mother no. Um yeah, so no, yeah, she's having a tough time. I mean, I, you know, her world literally has crumbled apart. She already was enough of an outsider in season one, not just with the team, but just finding her place in the world, like any young person, uh, you know, joining like a a hacktivist group and then, you know, and then turning into a a agent and then, you know, and, and doing selfless things and, and trying to save the world to now where she's like training with May and shooting people and now with earthquake powers. So, and finding her father and turning out, he's like the most diabolical person that ever lived. So yeah, she's, she's, She's had a really tough, uh, tough time on this show, but uh, but I think that only just strengthens her character to show how much she's enduring it. You know, like she she of course she's not happy about it. None of us are happy with the 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 obstacles that uh, fate or destiny throw in our way. But she's doing the best she can, and a lot of it is because she surrounds herself with really good people. You know, and she has really strong. Uh, friends at her side, not just teammates, but friends. And I think uh, as long as she has that core, she will uh, uh, hopefully make it through anything that uh, that life throws at her, uh, I- including Kree's and 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 uh, and Asgardians that want to kill her. <laughs> you know, I I think I think she she's overcome a lot, and she's she's going to turn into uh, she's going to really make me like that character. Like uh, I was never a big yeah. Quake uh, and yeah. fan, but I think seeing her growth in this show, I really, really like that character now.
0: Sky had not the best interaction with her team in this episode, as at towards the end of the episode, when they all learned that she was causing these earthquakes and all that, Max says the thing that, yeah, kind of blew the whole thing by saying that we are the ones that need protection from her. And, yeah, it's that was awful to see. I felt so sorry for Skye. It fits a little bit, too, there. Well Fitz Ooh. didn't do anything wrong. Fitz, Fitz was but the it only was in one that thread,
3: though, That was saying he was wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, it, it pit them two against each other. And like I said, that core is what's holding Sky together. And I think so of like I said earlier about vulnerability, when you when a character starts to feel safe or they have a safety net, you gotta take it away from them. So right now that's what's happening to Sky is her safety net's falling apart and people are kinda turning on her. But I like that Fitz is is defending her. And obviously Coulson... Will ultimately choose her side as well. Um, which he did. He'll do anything. To, yeah, which he did. So, and he'll yeah. do anything to protect her. So, so her her safety net is is smaller now, and that's making her like even Gemma, who is a character I loved in season one, and she's the only character in season two that I haven't been liking consistently, um, and it's it breaks my heart because I love her so much, and I loved her and and Fitz's dynamic, but they're definitely growing into two different people this season, and. Sky is, they're kind of creating their own civil war <laughs> over what they should do with Sky and, it's, and but it makes, the, well, it makes the, the show and the dynamics more interesting
3: that's kind of my theory here <laughs> with the civil war thing I think we're beginning to see the makings <laughs> of the civil war break out within the shield dynamic if that makes sense, that makes
0: sense. yeah we're, well, we're, 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 from we're, what
2: I understand
3: yeah go ahead well, where I think we're going to see because Kevin Feige was talking about how the Civil War that they're going to do in the Marvel Universe is different with the Marvel Cinematic Universe because right. different than what they did in the comic. Because so what I'm thinking here sure. is that the Civil War is over xenophobia where it's it's human against superhuman <laughs> got different characters are going to take different sides of that. <laughs> like, that's where it's going to be and I'm curious to see where Colson ends up because yes, he was human, but now he's almost kind of inhuman because he died and was brought back to life. Okay, so, what you're going to have is you're going to have I think, Cap defending the like, superhumans because he's going to say it's going after people for being indifferent, kind of like the Nazis were going after the Jews during World War II. Okay, then, what you're going to have the other side is you're going to have Tony, who's the innovator who sees the future. Say maybe we need to do something about humans. But, I mean, do, do something about superhumans. But I think what Tony's going to be doing that for, because to make up for the guilt of creating Ultron, look at all of the destruction that Ultron causes.
2: It's not a bad theory.
3: So that's where I think it's going, and I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of giving us a, a preview of that. It's going to do that dividing line. And I think that the beginning of it is this group that you know... Uh, Mockingbird and Mac are creating.
0: So I so badly wanted to be Mesco's Avengers. (laughs) Right,
3: and I do too, but I don't know if it's gonna go there. I think it's gonna be people on different you know, it's gonna be this dividing line between superhumans and humans.
0: Well, um, I, I think that's why you know if Shield comes back for the first season, I think that that would be you know such a great way to kind of start to setting up Civil War, you know, not just among Captain America: Civil War, but also the whole cinematic universe, including what's going on on TV. But um, right,
3: and I think Coulson's gonna be right in the middle of it <laughs> because they say, I mean, they said he's an Avenger. I think he's one of the most integral <laughs> parts of the whole universe by what happened in Avengers. So I feel like he's gotta be in Avengers too. He's gotta be in that movie.
0: So the last thing to talk about this episode is um, Max little, yeah, manu- maneuver, um, Hunter. Which you know, I said, I said it on Twitter. I had no problem with that because I was like, Hunter, shut up! I'm tired of you. <laughs> so, see, what um, do you think? See, what do you think? I
2: mean i the whole thing about season one was like that they revealed as the season was going was who can you trust on the team? you know like everyone has their own motivations. I thought the whole point of this new team was to vet everybody thoroughly so that there wouldn't be different factions, even if they are working for other good guy groups or or they think they are like that they wouldn't have this kind of like that kind of drama on the show, like having Sky being an inhuman and dividing everyone that's already kind of drama enough. So I'm kind of rolled my eyes at the like the Mac thing, like especially when he like put the sleeper on him and it's like, oh, what do I do now? It's just like, oh great, so now we're gonna have an episode where he like hides in a closet for a whole episode and and has to do like the oh he went out for beer or whatever and he hasn't come back, you know? It's like like I, I'm just I'm not looking forward to that if that's the way they're gonna go with it. Um, I uh I, I don't like, I, like I said, I thought the whole point was to remove the secret like some of those type of secrets from this team. And it looks like they're going back to that well. And I'm just hoping in the next episode they resolve that quickly because I don't want this season to be about that again. And I, I hope we reveal that Colson knows. Like, that would be the easiest way to dismiss it, is Colson just comes to Bobby and Mac and goes, yeah, look, I know what you guys are doing, and it's fine. I approve it. Just, you know, just let me in on it next time. Um, and that would probably be the easiest way to dismiss that. Because it would make Colson look really stupid uh, if he – vetted all these people and they turned out to be spies against him somehow
0: yeah I I don't think he's I don't think they are doing something bad I think they're doing something very vigilante if you know what I mean and sure. um, so that's it at least now they, they mentioned that you know that you know look at what we're, you know what we're trying to build here that's why I was like once again like let goes Avengers but uh, <laughs> I I um, Nikki, what did you think? Because I know you've been a huge Mac fan, and you, you've been having some problems with Mac since last week, so how do you feel he's about it? He's dead to me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh.
1: I'm sorry. Guy. First, you first, I, I do not like how he, his attitude toward Colson. Colson is a really, he's a good man who does what's right, and he does what's best. And Mac is just, all of a sudden, went from, you know, zero to a hundred on like standing it's like um, calling Colson out on stuff that Colson sometimes has no control over. And I think Colson yeah. you know, standing back up to him is what he needs to do. He needs to say, look, I'm the director. You have a problem, but he's showing, he's trying to get him to understand. But I think that's why he made him, he wants him in the field is like, look, you don't understand what it's like for us out there and the decisions we have to make on the fly when these things go down. So maybe if, Maybe putting him into the field or wanting him in the field is like, look, maybe you'll understand more if you weren't just, you know, working on all these really cool things in the lab or in the garage. But and then his conversation with Bobby about, like, do they bring uh, uh, Hunter in? To me, that was like, well, it came up because Hunter was asked to join full time. You know, Colson said, you know, we, you know, I'd like you to stay full time. And it wasn't until then, you know, that they're like, well, maybe we can, maybe we should bring him in to this secret support group. And it's like, is it because you want someone on the inside or you want someone that Colson put on the team full time? Or is it you want him, you know, uh, I don't know. It's because Hunter said he trusted Colson. you know, he's like, he's a good guy. He's all that he's this and he's this. Um, so he was considering it. And now it's like, they want to turn him against Colson is what it sounded like. And I think they're doing something that's against Colson because they aren't asking the core members of the team. They're asking the, it's the new members of the team, the one who don't right. know Colson as well. And, why would he knock out Hunter if it was something that was going to benefit anyone? It's It just really seems like this is, this is something about Coulson. And they don't want any of the core members, the ones who are loyal to him, to know. And Hunter is becoming more loyal to Coulson. And so they have to... So Mac does that to him? It was like, what is the point of this? It just outs you as someone who is not to be trusted you know how are you going to write you're going to have to write this off somehow what happened well hunter's going to remember that you tried to choke him like you tried to shut him up in a violent way what is going on why are you this why is that a to you a reasonable response to a simple question which anybody who kind of saw those two lurking around and having little secret, you know, meetings would think It's like, "What's going on?" I I think that, you know, somehow it'll probably get brushed away, or maybe, you know, being knocked out will kind of take that memory away from her. I think they're going to go for for Simmons next.
3: No, Nikki has been a big think- fan of mockingbird. I mean, yeah. Are you scared that this is going to screw up her character? Because I'm, I'm, i am. leery. Greg, like, I just don't. I see am her
1: because that would go against Coulson. I the character of Mockingbird in the comics would not go against Coulson. Right. She, but this one doesn't know him. I mean, he's obviously he's not in the comics. She didn't interact with him in, in the comics until you know Secret Avengers. So, um, but I. Mockingbird is an incredibly loyal character who yeah. fights for what's right. Um, I don't think she would do this, uh, th- but this is not the comic book Mockingbird. This is tell the- this is MCU Mockingbird, and we know that they change aspects the of the characters. But um, I just feel like that
3: really changes the root of who the character is.
1: I'm disappointed in Mockingbird and what she's, what she's doing. I don't know what it is, but it's obviously. It's obviously against Coulson, and that I will not have. Will not have. Now, could it end up being something
3: we're, we're, you know, a couple episodes down the road going, oh, that actually kind of worked. Actually, is, that is that possibility still there?
1: I think so. Um, I think anything's possible because we, we still don't know, we still know what's going on. What's going yeah. On. So I don't know. And I think the Sky thing is just going to push them – further, like it's going to go a lot faster for them. They're going to feel more desperate in whatever it is they're doing because of their fear of Sky.
3: Yeah.
1: And they're, and the fear comes from the unknown. And and I think that's why they might run Gemma into what they're doing is because she seems to have done an about face on everything she used to believe in. And maybe that came from working with Hydra. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's not the Gemma we love. She would not be this... Oh, she's. It's like she's a senator from the first, film. the first X-Men film. It's like, okay, we have to get rid of all this. Well, now she's like, well, we have to lock them up or kill them or something because we can't have this. It's a fear, you know, she's... It's all Jenna, it's all xenophobic, but she wasn't like this last season. I'm surprised she didn't try to put Sif in a box and study her and, and with the way she's been going the last couple episodes and seeing and it, she looked so betrayed by Fitz. It was like if it's, you know what? You would do that. You would have done that to protect Sky before. What has changed now? Fitz is doing it to protect Sky. She's doing what you should be doing is protecting your friend and trying to understand rather than acting out of fear
3: i feel like fitz protected sky because she stuck by him she didn't ditch him when things got bad for him she was there and she's supportive of him could i also think we might be seeing the making of God going to give it the shipper name of skits could that be happening as well
1: it, it's possible i think that I don't see them having that kind of chemistry. I think they're more like a brother sister, but I agree. I think that, you know, he's showing loyalty to her partly because of her loyalty to him. And also because he kind of feels like he's in the same boat as she is. And people looked at him differently and they treated him differently. And he didn't want that to happen to her. So he was, he was protecting her. He was keeping her secret because he didn't believe that she was bad. She, that, would do anything to hurt them. And I still, even after all the, and I asked somebody on Twitter last night to give it, you know, give her tremors a name and we call it, came up with Skysmic with her Skysmic activity. Um, he, she can't control it. He understands her and he's not coming at it from a place of fear of the unknown. It's fear of something happening to my friend and I want to protect her. And the the sad fact is that he has to protect her from Gemma in a lot of ways, and that's why her look of betrayal when she found out Fitz had lied to her just made me so mad. I was like, "You've betrayed everything you used to believe in. You've become kind of this xenophobic um, person who I wanted to say something else. Um, Xenophobic person who is is no longer open." to the possibilities you're a scientist and you, and this is this fear, another race or fear of another culture. This is what happened. Like they said in the episode, this is kind of what happened with the Nazis. You know, it's yeah. like, she's, she's spewing Hydra nonsense to me and I worry about her. And that's why I think they might attempt attra- try to attract her to the support group. Because she yeah. does, she's not going to stand by Coulson if Coulson is going to protect Skye. Though she could realize the error of her ways in the next couple episodes. And re- like, this is still my friend and I don't want anything to happen to her. So I need to understand her rather than fear her. Um, I think Coulson and May standing up for her, like to each other, like saying, you know, she's family, she's Sky, you know, she's part of the team. Um, there is still fear there, but I think it's fear for Sky, not fear of Sky. And right. wherever Sky goes, death follows. Wherever Sky goes, broken glass follows. <laughs> but her little seismic activity,
0: uh, or quake, if you want to call, which we, you know, at some point we're gonna start calling her that too. But uh, but overall, I think that. That wraps up our episode discussion for this week for Shield. Um, over a really good episode again. I, you know, I still, I wish there had been more viewers tuned in, but you know, NCS can go second egg or whatever. But, um, was but there, yeah,
3: was there DVR numbers that came out yet on that or no?
0: Oh no, it's too real. Like it does, God, never save. comes out. So it's, but, but but still, like the fact that it went down to 3.7 million viewers is, you know, right. the show critically, the show is. Is a is a goal. Is it, it, you know is a goal. But I, once again, I'm going to bring this but up. You nothing know. else new
3: was on TV this week, Andy. I mean, that was uh, well, yes, yes, as yeah was Person of Interest was right. But I mean CBS. But really, I had a professor of mine, at college, call that the network for old people. Good old people yes. are watching Shield. So just throw that out there.
0: But uh, but let's get into some quick feedback before we wrap up this episode. So uh, Nikki, what did the, fa- uh, the listeners have to say about this week's of Shield?
1: Okay, from our good friend I am Morgan underscore M. Lady Sif was amazing. Loved having the Creon this week and the exposition he gave on the Inhumans. Oh man, poor Sky. She just can't catch a break. I don't understand that they can all live in a world full of superheroes and be so against giving her the chance to learn how to control her own powers. Truth, word. Thank you. I love Simmons, but damn, she's getting a little scary with this Eliminate the Plague crusade. Yes. Once again, though, Fitz was the man. I think it really says something about the characters when the the man with the brain injury is the only one thinking clearly and rationally. Excellent point. I feel like this is going to turn into Wilson May, Sky, Fitz versus everyone else, and I don't like the idea of that at all. The team works best as a team. Okay, and also, what the hell are Bobby and Mac up to? I cannot get a good read on them. I want to believe they're doing something for fury or just something that would end up being for team good, but it's so hard to tell. Can't wait for next week. I'm so curious to see how may's ex-husband is going to play into all of this. Um, I, I agree. I think it's, I don't think it's for fury though. I think fury would never go against Colson. Um, at CP international, uh, Cree's history lesson was great. Interesting how quick Sif was ready to team up with the Kree. Decent episode but no film clues. Well, that's fine. We shouldn't have to rely on the films, I think. Any any comment on that, guys?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't mind that there were, weren't any film clues. Um, would you agree with that, Seek?
2: Yeah, actually, I don't know. I, I would say I wouldn't say there was no film clues, but uh like I said, I I, I just think they're really you have to re- overread into it. Like we said earlier that maybe Loki is just acting like Odin. Um, they obviously reference Heimdall. Uh, I believe Heimdall has a scene in Age of Ultron. So yes. uh, hopefully, hopefully nice. there are hopefully nice. there are, there are connections they made that we just won't see until later date, which is I'm okay with. Yeah, uh, the yeah. show the show yeah. needs to stand on its own. You know exactly. Thank you. Which they really until uh,
3: this episode. I yeah. think we'll go back to next week.
1: At Kayla Alves underscore T. I thought it was going really great, but then the beat, the episode kind of went flat with Sky shot herself. I it, I wanted May versus Lady Sis. Don't we all. That's all the ones we have, but That's last night uh, I was tweeting as I watch it because I didn't get home until after 10. So I was tweeting, and there were some really great comments. I just didn't have time to um, send them to you, Andy. No, it's all
0: right. Our, we had,
1: our, we good, had... friend, our good friend Chris, Christopher C.W. Bork uh had some we had some great conversation and uh back so check them out
0: i uh, that's gonna wrap up our episode discussion of um this week's episode of shield and uh, a really good episode and um we're gonna get into the spoiler section in a in a little while but uh but first of all seek thank you so much for stopping by we always have a blast having you on the helicar and marveling out with us uh, if if that if that's even a word but I made. I hey. I said it, so it has to be a word. So, but uh, but uh, but to please tell everyone where they can find you on the internet, and please tell us about your work over at Awesome Comics.
2: Actually, yeah. Can I plug four really quick things? F-
0: plug whatever you want.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to say right now, I have a friend named Mark Polton. Uh, he's a really good friend of mine. He actually is one of the people that got me into writing comics, uh, like back in 2002 or something. And cool. he's just the nicest guy in the world. Cool. He he has a Kickstarter right now called charge c-h-a-r-g-e uh charge all heroes must die and it's basically uh he helped make a movie a while ago with a friend of his called all heroes all superheroes must die it's on netflix you can watch it for free um and it's basically like superheroes meet saw and it's like a a bunch of a bunch of superheroes get depowered by one of their supervillains and put in a saw trap basically um but it's a really cool premise and they're making a comic book to it right now uh, that's a prequel to the movie, and they're, they have a Kickstarter. So if you're if you're into giving and you want to check out a cool project, check out Charge on Kickstarter um, by Mark Poulton. And then uh, if you're going to a comic book store this week, add a book called Sons of the Devil. That's what Something Awesome Comics is working on. Uh, we helped fund the Kickstarter for it, and it's now an Image comic. So the better this book does, obviously, the you know, hopefully, the better it will be for all of us. It's written by Brian Bucciolato, who we talked about before. He ri- he's writing. He's written the Flash comic oh, book. I love- he writes detective. Yeah, he writes detective <laughs> comics now. Nicest guy. Yeah. He's super awesome. He um so Sons of the Devil's his new book. You can go and get your comic stores. We have to get them uh, orders up by the end of March. So please go in this week and uh, and tell your retailer to order order copies. Um, Gene Hoyle, my friend, uh, who's I think been on the show as, uh, he's uh big big nerd he's launching his first comic book as well called gateway runners and he'll have a kickstarter for it at the end of the month so check out gateway runners and then lastly is soul star which we talked about before we are re-releasing a new edition of soul star with a with originally we had 75 artists on the book now we have 75 more Uh, so we actually are breaking and attempting to break a guinness book of world records for most artists on a single graphic novel um and we have 150 total and the new edition of the book will come out at the end of March. You can buy it on Amazon and createspace.com. And all the proceeds of it, I will donate to the Brain Aneurysm Foundation. Uh, so it's a, you buy a cool comic book, and it's going to help uh, somebody hopefully save some lives, uh, lives like mine. So, um, And then other than that, you can find me on Twitter at ExplodingBullet or on Instagram at Destroy.
0: Awesome. Uh, we, it, it, see how about this? You send me after we've done with this. Uh, email me all those links, and I will put them up in the show notes so people can definitely you know go out to. Because I was almost gonna ask, well, is it Kickstarter.com/charge? But then I realized no, there's a bunch of other like numbers and stuff like that. So uh, if you don't if you don't mind, send me a couple of links after this, and I will put them up on the show notes, and I think uh, so you know, people can check yeah, it out yeah, and all that. If
3: you want to put them on the ATA Facebook and the Helicare Facebook, you're more than welcome to do that too. on Twitter, do you want? Because I'm all about helping out the industry awesome. get a new comics out there. So yeah, we'll do that for you.
2: Thanks. Yeah, yeah I'll, I I only have links to Brian's and and the charge Kickstarter. Uh, I'll have links to me and Gene's uh, Soulstar and and his book Gateway Runners at the end of the month. I'll send them to you. Oh,
3: I, awesome. I watched All Superheroes Must Die. It was pretty sweet. I like the idea.
0: So I want to help that out. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's a great. It's a great. Great concept. Yeah. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. No
0: worries. But uh, but let's do a quick plug for, for helicopter, of course, at Com. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. We do have a new iTunes feed. I will add it in the show notes as well. You can find it at Com with all the of their podcasts. We're all over the social media. Um, Nikki's uh, Asian Goldsons t- top um, – Com site. And uh, we're also part of uh, the Google Plus Circle Colson's Cadets via Hang from T. Fanag, which I do um, roundtable discussions with every week about Age of Shields. So make sure to head over that, to that website um, each Thursday or Friday, I believe, depending on when they get, get up for, to check out those roundtables. And uh, we're also proud members of the Mixed Trainer Network. And if you have any questions, email us at helicarpockets at gmail.com. So that's gonna wrap it up. We're gonna get to the spoiler section now for next week's episode. But uh, but if you're not sticking around for the spoilers, I'm Andy. I'm Nikki. God, Dad. I'm Dan. I'm Seek. And we will see you next week on the Hello Carrier.
1: your help
2: next tuesday how does it feel when it's happening it's
1: terrifying super villains together we're a force
2: (laughs) is shield colson needs backup we can't risk you losing control my father's involved winner takes all i want everyone to know what you do to people like us
3: what did you do
2: new marvels agents of shield
3: next tuesday at 9 8 central on abc
0: and welcome back to the spoiler section for the Halligator Podcast. What you just heard was the audio from the trailer for episode 13 of Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2 called One of Us. And Nikki is going to read you the official description for that episode.
1: And next week's episode, One of Us. Cal seeks revenge on Coulson by assembling a team of supervillains to destroy S.H.I.E.L.D. Meanwhile, May calls on renowned Dr. Andrew Garner, her charismatic ex-husband, with a crisis that threatens to tear the team apart. Guest starring Henry Simmons as Alfonso Mack, Dead to Me McKenzie, Kamba oh, McLaughlin as Cal, aka the Doctor, Jamie Harris as Gordon, Blair Underwood as Doctor Andrew Garner, and Drea De Matteo as Carla Faye Gideon.
0: Now, well, this you know this episode could also just be called Marvel's Legion of Doom episode because that's essentially what they are doing in this. Um, it looked
1: like they were all putting all the these supervillains on a bus. Like in taking the, there's a scene where they were all kind of in a, I was like, are they putting them all on the bus to take them to the stadium? Because to me, that's a scary, well, one, that was just kind of a funny thought I had, but I was like them in the darkened stadium when the lights go on and you don't know what's there, that is scary to me. So that scared the heck out of me.
0: Now, uh,
3: gonna I, give a big, they're going to give a big speech like fade in the dark night. Yeah. Arises, dark night rises. I mean,
0: then I'm gonna blow up the whole stadium. Uh, yep. Sieg, I was wondering, uh, do you know who Carla Faye Gideon is from the Marvel comics?
2: Carla Faye Gideon?
0: Yeah. Uh, no,
2: not off the top of my head.
0: Okay. Well, I, all I know is that she is from the comic. I, someone said that there was a Daredevil connection to her, so I, you know, that might, that that might be a crossover we might see later on. Um, I was surprised yeah. by the big metal nails or whatever she it was that she had. Um, but what is everyone's thoughts on that? This upcoming episode
1: looks awesome. And yet yeah, uh, to answer your question, Carla Faye Gideon is uh, actually more known for the daredevil universe. So that should be interesting. Right.
3: I would say, get ready to see some action next week, folks.
1: Yeah. Like maybe the beginning What's... of the sky tearing
3: it up with her powers. It's going to be awesome. Cause she the, might um, save the day. Self. Yes. They, that's very possible as well
2: wasn't she like a, a, like an abused wife or something? Not now. Yeah. About it. Yeah. Yeah. She has,
1: okay. uh, she's gifted. I can't remember exactly what her, her powers are. Um, so I, and if I recall correctly, there was some, like she has a grudge against shield or something. Um, but I'm not that familiar with her. I had to look her up the first time I heard her name. I was like, Oh, that's her. So it should be interesting. Cause she's, she is from a, a, an abusive relationship, so, and I think that will inform a lot of how she acts.
0: Well, and I, I, you know, I'm i excited for Drea to play her. I'm a huge fan of, uh, of Drea from um, shows like this House and so on, so and, uh, you know, I would not be surprised if she actually does make an appearance on the Daredevil show at some point, if she makes it allow out of, live out of this one, but, um, no, but I'm excited to see what, what they're Planning to do if they're planning to assemble, you know, some minor Marvel villain, but not um, none of the ones that I saw in the in the trailer looks familiar to me. So um, uh, I guess we will um, we will have to wait and see. Uh, I'm looking forward to see. It's still a part of me is still kind of like, oh, so she used to uh, have a husband. Like, I'm still surprised about that. <laughs>
1: Why people who are gifted can't be married? No, I was talking about May. I, mean, I just don't see May as. Oh, May. Of, yeah. No. Um. Well, I keep what I thought about that. I kind of agree. It's like May said, you know, getting married. I kind of, in my head, it was like a quickie Vegas wedding because they were both drunk.
0: And she was probably qu- pretty quiet on that <laughs> wedding too. It, I don't. I don't know why, but I laughed my ass off when she said uh, Twitter in this episode. I don't know why. She just said Twitter. Yeah. That <laughs> was like. Why is this so... F- I don't know. But, um, Sig, do you have any thoughts about this episode?
2: I don't know anything about it. It oh. sounds amazing. Okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> this is for next week, right? Because I, I, I didn't get to see, um, the, when I watched stuff on PlayStation, uh, a nice PlayStation plug there. Uh, when I watched the, up, uh, these episodes on PlayStation, they don't have the next time on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. So I actually don't know what yeah. happens next week, usually. Okay, well, Unless I, li- unless I listen to your show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, more surprises then. <laughs> but, uh, yes. but, yeah, but that's going to wrap up our episode. Once again, Seek, you're welcome to come back anytime and talk about Inhumans, Marvel, and anything else. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. And, uh, yeah, to our listeners, thank you so much for, uh, for listening to this episode. And we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. See you, guys.